Welcome to episode 80 of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Man, crazy. 80 episodes. It's been a wild ride. Uh, thank you guys so much for sticking by and hanging out every episode. I can't tell you how much it means to my family and I. Uh, We've got a great show for you guys tonight. We really do. Thank you for uh, starting off the week and right with Break the Cycle. Let's check out some sponsors. Of course, we have TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, uh, where you can get all your great graphic design needs, including this, the Tree of Liberty Must Be Watered shirt that I'm wearing tonight, at a 10% discount by using the code BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can go to uh, Patreon backslash Break the Cycle JS. Same thing at Subscribestar or become a channel member here on YouTube and get yourself into a private Discord server where you get all the brand new uh, designs from Top Lobster up to two weeks before they go to the general public uh, at like a 30% discount. Super, super, super deep. And he just dropped a dope new design. It's actually a house plant uh, that has Nick Sarwark's face in the middle of it and says obvious plant on it. It is pretty dope. Uh, but you can only get that right now, I think, in the uh, in the Discord server. So definitely check that out. And, of course, executive producer of the show, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check these people out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at. Much cheaper and much more efficiently. Guys, got a great guest for you tonight. Very excited to have him on. Uh, he had me on a couple of weeks ago. It was a really fun conversation. He's got an amazing show. He's the host of the One American Podcast and uh, and Don Draper without all the women hanging off of him. He is Chase Geyser. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show, man. It's really a pleasure and an honor. I, of course, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you're here, brother. Uh, let's so let's let's just talk about your journey, okay? You got this great podcast. Uh, you've had some really big names on there. In fact, I'm just trying to ride your coattails at this point. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so you've had all these great people on there, man. Uh, but but how did you come to the, these ideas of liberty and you know this patriotic sense that you have? Because you are you're a very patriotic, uh, America first kind of guy. How did you get there, man? Yeah, so that's a good question. It's um, it's it's hard to know really for sure uh, what brought me over the edge, but I will say that it definitely started when uh, I was in high school and I read The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. When I read The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, that really sold me on this notion of individual rights and selfishness, which I think she sort of misbranded when she calls it selfishness, because of course selfishness has a negative connotation, but she really meant with self-esteem, right? And respect for self and your own rights and your own dreams, uh, as a priority and that through people prioritizing their own happiness, we actually wind up in a society where everybody does better as opposed to a society where everyone sacrifices themselves in sort of like an altruistic collectivist way. We actually end up with a society that's more destructive uh, and makes people more miserable. And so I would say Ayn Rand really set me on that path. And really the only difference between me and um, what I've kind of seen from the libertarian party as a whole um, uh, recently is that I've got much more of like a kind of like a populist, you know, pro America, like nationalist 
uh, binge where the libertarians kind of avoid seem to be kind of avoiding like the you know the idea of borders or the idea of like national sovereignty uh, i don't want to speak for all libertarians but that's really the only difference other than that i think i'm like 90 95 percent on the same page with most libertarians i love libertarians i particularly like them because they're not pussies and uh, I think they're just way cool. Well, well, mo- most of us, most of us. Are right. Well, the ones that are pussies are getting torn apart by the ones that aren't. So, you know. yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they're getting ripped too. I mean, you got these assholes leaving, leaving the, uh, the libertarian party. I mean, there's, there's, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't understand this. I know you do, but there's a lot of normies out there that don't understand the libertarian party is not the libertarian movement. Uh, it's just a, right. the political wing of the libertarian part, uh, movement as, as stated by, by, uh, by Murray Rothbard. But, um, you know, uh, for a long time, the Libertarian Party was a vast majority uh, of of losers and and pussies. You know what I mean? It was, uh, and now the Mises Caucus has kind of taken over and changing that, which is kind of it's, it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so so Ayn Rand, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Right. She's still good. And I got into a little bit of a um, a tit for tat with uh, Justin O'Donnell about whether or not she's a good writer. <laughs> Love that guy, by the way. Yeah, Justin's fu- <laughs> he's funny, man. Hey, Justin's gotten like it's funny because when I first started with the Libertarian Party, uh, when I first ran for chair of the Libertarian Party in 2017, Justin and I have always been really good friends. But um, yeah, uh, he was uh, much different. He the last four years, Justin has taken this like dive toward baseness. Man, he's become so much more based. <laughs> Than he used to be, dude, and I love. I it. bought an NFT off him for like three grand, bro. Did you really? He made uh, he made John Galt's uh, vaccine passport. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so he's sick. like it's one. He's like it's one Ethereum. You're it's one Ether to buy, and I was like, fuck, I gotta buy this. That's pretty sick, dude. That's <laughs> that's, that's, pretty that's cool. how into Iron Man I am. Bro. Yeah, no shit. No, I get it. I uh, I I did um uh the omaha roads to freedom unconvention i was the uh key one of the keynote speakers uh in the ballroom i was the keynote speaker of the ballroom last speaker at this big um huge convention in in omaha and uh the only other speaker after me was ron paul at the dinner the last night and so i got to wow. i got to open up for ron paul it's pretty amazing it's my first 45 minute speech i've ever given i and i'm and i'm i got to the hotel without a speech and so I'm like, wow. I'm like, fuck, dude, I got to write a whole speech like for, and I'm like, I've never spoken for more than 20 minutes and I got to go double that plus five minutes. Um, I did right, end up, right. I ended up taking a lot of, uh, of questions, but they had a John, who's John Galt poster there that sold mm-hmm. for like a thousand bucks, dude, just for the poster. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I spent more than that on uh, Justin's NFT. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No shit. Uh, Bubblegum. What's up, Bubblegum, man? Thanks for, for hanging out. I got two, uh, two, $2 super chats. First one, how do I get on the show and talk smack about Rand? I don't know if you're talking about Ayn Rand or, or, uh, or Rand Paul, Rand Paul. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll, we'll talk offline about that, brother. And then, uh, and then the other one, how about America only? Ayn Rand is trash. Fight me. I guess he was talking about Ayn. Um, but, but he did, he did drop the, uh, the first one before you started talking about uh, Ayn Rand. So, it, you know, he was just, he was, he was ready to go. He was ready to fight Ayn Rand right before that. Uh, I always tell this story about, do you, do you follow Walter Block at all from the Mises Institute? No, no, I don't. One of my favorite guys. He wrote a book called, Defending, yeah, he wrote a book called defending the undefendable. Uh, mm. and he, he tackles subjects that no one wants to talk about like slavery and all kinds of shit. He was really good. Uh, but he, he was a huge socialist back in college and he was like really good friends with Bernie Sanders. They like ran on the tr- the track team together. And uh, he went to this luncheon. Bernie Sanders running on a track team. Yeah, like, right. No. And he went to uh, he went to this luncheon where uh, the guest that was coming to the luncheon was Ayn Rand, and he went up to her to try and debate her. And uh, 
I had some guy with her that got up and said, no, 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 bro. You know, like you don't want to do that right now here, take this book, go read this book. And then once you're done reading that book, then you have the opportunity to come and talk to her or whatever. And the book was, um, uh, economics in one lesson by Henry Hazlitt. And so that was like what began his journey to becoming an, uh, 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 Austro libertarian or anarcho capitalist, Austrian economics guy. And, um, you know, free, free state kind of guy. And, and, uh, it's just a funny story if you know who Walter Block is, but you'll have to, you'll have to get to know who Walter Block is, man. He's really good. Yeah. I'll definitely look into it yeah. as soon as we get off the call. I'll do a, I'll follow him for sure. Yeah, he's amazing. You but, won't um, find yeah. him on any social media. So. Okay. Well, there's <laughs> nobody that has like a fake page of his on uh, Twitter. Not, just dude, I have, quotes you have like to a... email the guy. It's the only way to get a hold of him. And, and he'll, he'll no take kidding. four Does days. He it takes four days. Four, four days? days every That's time. That's not too bad. Better than Dave Smith, bro. Yeah, no shit. I, I've been, I've, I've probably sent Dave like 30 direct messages in the last, I don't know, month and a half, two months or yeah. something on, on Twitter. And he'll, I know he'll get back to me, but it'll be maybe another month or so. <laughs> right. Right. Well, Hey, he's a busy man. So what's, what's the deal with him? What's he doing? Is he doing like a full fledged campaign or is he just trying to, is he doing his comedy thing? And then also taking the opportunity I don't know, to man. do these like sort of news I, I, um, you know, ventures. I, I think we're all still kind of like, yeah. I think we're all under the impression that Dave's going to run for president, but he hasn't announced that he's going to run for president. You know what I mean? So who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tell me about your show, man. How, why'd you start the show? What's it about? How's it doing? Yeah, that's a good question. So my show's called One American Podcast, uh, American with an N on the end, not to be confused with One American News Network. And um, basically, I started it because I was incredibly frustrated with the Republican Party and Republican influencers um, after the election in November. And I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start this podcast and see what I can do. I'm going to try to grow my Twitter. And then once my Twitter got like over 5,000 followers, that was when I started kind of DMing people that I'd like to hang out with. And that's when I uh, started the podcast. And it's been about three months now and got 20, 000, almost 20,000 followers now, 1,500 subscribers uh, on the on the podcast on YouTube. And then obviously it's on all the listening platforms as well. So we're still growing, but it's been really um, amazing to see uh, actually how easy it is to get some really awesome people to agree to come on a podcast. It's like, it's, it's incredible. Uh, the opportunities are with that. Uh, but yeah, basically what I'm trying to do is reawaken Americanism and have interesting guests on and it's sort of like a, a dialogue. Um, uh, so rather than like taking like a Ben Shapiro approach or another sort of conservative approach where it's just like this constant monologue into the camera. I like to have the conversations and I also don't want to just explicitly associate it with the Republican party, but I want to just kind of branch off into my own thing of just general Americanism. Right. So that's, that's, that's the goal with it. What about you, man? How did you, um, how did you get your, your podcast growing? You're, you're over 5,000 subscribers now, aren't you? No, 4,000. I'm at like, uh, oh, really? yeah, I'm at like 4,200. It's or still something a lot, like that. man. That's great. what did you do? Well, I, I, so I was really lucky. I, I also had the big Twitter following, you know, I was at like, uh, yeah. I think when I started it, I was at about 16,000 followers or okay. something on Twitter. And, um, but I also, you know, I traveled around the country for like four years running for chairman of the, the national libertarian party. And, um, so I was able to leverage mm-hmm. a lot of those contacts into becoming something cool. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, I started the yeah. show actually last year, the beginning of last year, um, as an audio only podcast. And in fact, if you go on the, uh, it, it, well, the YouTube has one one episode of it. Uh, it's like the first video you'll find on my YouTube, um, and it's audio only. And I was recording it through my cell phone, and it was like completely mm-hmm. scripted, and it was like the you know the just the commentary for me only. Um, and uh, uh, so I did like three episodes of that, and then life just happened, and I didn't have the time to do it. And 
Um, once we got all settled here in Iowa with my my fiance and and the kids, and we got the kids, it was like, you know, um, I knew that I could do a show, but I I knew that I needed to make it like a, a like a legit show with good video and lighting and all that stuff and good audio, and mm-hmm. um, it was the only way it was ever going to work. Um, and so I started leveraging some of my contacts from the people I met around the country, like Tom Woods is a friend of mine, and Scott Horton mm-hmm. is a friend of mine, and um, you know, just wonderful people, and you know, being able to leverage those contacts with also leveraging, uh, you know, their contacts too, which is really cool. And I know a lot of people from the Mises Institute, Jeff Deist and Stefan Kinsella, have both been on my show, and um, I've had Hotep Jesus on, and all these really cool people that have, you know, got different stories. Everybody's got really different stories. And so having those conversations. What was it like talking to Hotep, man? That guy's fascinating. Yeah, dude. He was, uh, he's wild, man. Hotep's Hotep is really, really cool. (laughs) So he's got, you know, obviously Hotep's got some views that I don't hold. Um, he, he went on this rant. Sure. He went on this rant about how, uh, you know, women were like made to serve men or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't, (laughs) that's cool, buddy. You know, good job. You know, (laughs) yeah, like, like that's cool, man. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, we should, you know, we're the, we're the ones who make the, make the babies and do all, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool, man. I got seven kids. And if I said that to my, my Italian fiance she would stab me in my sleep but good for you buddy you know what i mean and uh and so it it was a cool conversation i mean he's very very anarchy i mean really i mean he's when you really dive into a talk with with hotep he's fucked the state almost 100 percent, which was kind of cool but um you know what's your favorite guest that you've had on man yeah i can't i can't um, i don't understand why any african-american well other than you yeah other than you i wasn't i gotta say my favorite guest i've ever had on (laughs) <laughs> but I would I would say that my favorite guest is by, hands down Nikki Klein. I would say Nikki yeah. Klein. Um, she was uh, um she was she was yeah Nikki Klein was in the um that Nexium group uh that you know that that um alleged sex cult where they arrested the leader the Hollywood guy the, the leader um Keith Raniere they made the documentary series about him called The Vow and um she's she's very supportive of Keith Raniere the founder of Nexium and still an advocate for what they do and the work that they were doing. And basically she convinced me that the whole story about him is bullshit and that he shouldn't be in prison and that organization was legit. And that was probably the most fascinating conversation I've ever had. That's wild, man. You had a, you also had one of the most famous porn stars in the world on your show, man. I know Brandy love. She was great. She was a great guest. She's a real sweetheart. Yeah, she seemed she seemed really nice. She'll be on my show on uh, August 30th, man, coming up in two couple weeks. I'll have Brandy love on the yeah. show. It's going to be wild. Uh, yep. Yeah, you find that around seventeen thousand followers, that's when the porn stars start sliding into your DMs. That's yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, yeah, you're like, I hit seventeen thousand. Yeah. Now the porn stars are hitting me up. No, I we, I, you know, there's yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's some people's some people's and doors we into have her knocked. DMs, so it's not true. Yeah, and and then you you yeah. actually slid into yeah. her DMs again to slide me into her DMs, which was which was cool. But she's got yeah, a really man, cool I'll story. Up. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, Brandy Love, I totally know her. Yeah, I'll get her for you. You know, well, and what. The whole thing that was crazy about that too is just like that's just an example of why nobody wants to be a Republican. Like, like, come on, when TPUSA is kicking porn stars out, it's like, Jesus Christ, you should be begging all the porn stars to come to your events because like nobody cool wants to be a Republican today because you guys all suck. Like the way you act is terrible. The dogmatism is outrageous. Like you're just like they just come off totally full of shit, and then they go and they kick Brandy Love out of the out of their fucking uh, conference. And it's like it's the ultimate hypocrisy. Like. 
there's she wasn't there like promoting herself she was there just to be to to to, to hear and consume conservative ideas and it was just i don't know it was anti-christian too if you think about it i mean jesus christ was hanging out with porn or not porn stars but prostitutes oh yeah so it's like there's like not even a there's not even a moral argument for it it's just like one of those things where like i like charlie kirk you know it's fun to see him like totally own feminists or whatever in a debate and i like when candace bones calls people out but it's like when they do stuff like that it's just like Fuck yeah, she, she like, triggered Candace Owens pretty. <laughs> you know? she, she triggered Candace Owens pretty hard. That's you know that's something that you can yeah. talk about libertarians. You know they don't give a shit what you do for a living as long as they're not fucking kids. We we will throw you right into yeah. the wood chipper if you fuck with kids. That's that's a really that's yeah. a, that's one of those things that we get as libertarians all the time. Oh, you guys, you want to end the age of consent? You're this and that. Nah, motherfucker, we want to throw kitty diddlers into wood chippers. That's what we want to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing. There's there's nothing about libertarianism that there's no there's no libertarian argument in favor of child abuse like no no no, no. Like, the, the uh, whole individual rights thing pretty much kicks in at like you know a reasonable adult age you can argue whether or not it should be 16 or 18 but like nobody's making any arguments in favor of 12 year olds no. getting diddled like no, we, come on yeah, you diddle kid. In, in my opinion it's a it's a slow turn feet first into the wood chipper you know what i mean that's that's literally yeah. and that's yeah. you know a lot of libertarians feel that way too if you're gonna harm kids you fuck you like you don't you're not gonna be a, a, a minimum you're not gonna be a part of our society anymore you know what i mean minimum minimum you're out mm-hmm. uh but yeah, probably probably it's going to be a, a really nasty end for those kind of people if we had a libertarian society. I don't think people understand that. So they they think that wanting to abolish the government, they always go right to that in the roads. And it's like fuck. First of all, fuck fuck your whole ass roads. Second of all, uh, you know what I mean? Like like <laughs> we want to hurt these people. But it's it's funny because uh, that's that's always the arguments. It's always the roads and 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 you know, hurting kids. I don't all right. Know. Well, well then like the counter argument is fine. Let's make a government that its only purpose is to make roads. Like, right. Fine. Roads. Fine. <laughs> you win. Yeah. You Listen, know? if we can have a government that just does the roads, all cool. of you is the roads. But, fine. but you know, we had roads prior to the state, to the, to the, uh, the income tax and all that shit. So, uh, TJ yeah. Fitzsimmons, yeah. thanks man for the $20, uh, super chat. I appreciate you. He said, burr. Yep. Wood chipper goes burr. <laughs> That's literally my, uh, my intro to this, to this podcast It's called wood chipper go burr, man. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we don't mess around, dude. So, so tell me. Okay, so we talked a little bit about libertarian politics and how, yeah, you know, the only thing you kind of don't agree with is is that you take a more nationalistic stance. Um, yeah, yeah, I believe in a small government. I sure, really sure. So, you, you would you call yourself more of like a like a minarchist, night watchman, state kind of guy? Dude, I don't know what the fuck those terms mean. All I know is that I'm like a Lockean in Lock-in. the sense that I I believe that there needs to be a government, a third party government, to protect private property rights between individuals sure. so, so yeah i believe that you should be able to call the cops and they should be able to come out and you know, like arrest somebody for breaking into your house that's that's i believe in that small common defense government like you know all they do is protect private property protect the common defense you know like the borders and maybe enforce contracts like that's it so like an, like an iran rand you know like what she says is the role of the government is it's pretty much what i buy so i'm not like most and, and there's probably a lot of libertarians that agree with that but it seems to me that the libertarian the libertarian influencers have sort of gone sort of like in a more anarchist direction um, than, you know, maybe like a Ron Paul. I don't know if, I don't know that Ron Paul would consider himself an anarchist, but um, I, I, I'm a libertarian in like maybe the sense of the term that like a Milton Friedman is a libertarian or an Ayn Rand is a libertarian. Sure, sure. Yeah, Ron, Ron Paul is definitely a uh, very libertarian. In fact, he's a lifetime member of the Libertarian Party. He just, uh, he went the Republican sure, route to, sure. to get elected and he did and he wasn't, you know, one of the best sure. members of Congress ever of all time. Um, and, uh, but you know, he gets very close to anarchy. I mean, he really, when he, when he starts talking about philosophy, he, you know, he's big, he's a Mises guy. 
um, to you know big Rothbard. He was friends with Rothbard and and uh, Lou Rockwell and Hoppa and all these guys too. So, um, you know, Ron Ron's Ron's pretty fucking based. He's definitely he's definitely uh, in ideology as far as you can get uh, or close as you can get to anarchy without like saying anarchist, basically. So. Um, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'm, what I kind of described, I think, is pretty, pretty close to anarchy, too. I mean, it's not anarchy because there is a government and there's like a, you know, like a law enforcement component. But if you compare our current federal government to one that just does those two or three things, that it's like the size difference is so great that it might as well be like it might as well be thought of as an anarchy. It's certainly much closer to an anarchy than whatever, whatever the fuck it is that we have today, which is basically a deep state going around and coercing all of our politicians to do whatever it wants with, you know, corporatists doing the same thing behind closed doors. I mean, our entire, our entire um, government infrastructure is, is completely corrupted and bought and paid for. And I don't think it's ever coming back unless it's, um, you know, unless it collapses and it's completely rebuilt. Sure. Sure. Well, you, so you just went on a rant, uh, basically, Calling out the uh, the Republican Party, man. What was what was that about? What was your problems with Republicans? Oh, are you talking about the ten minute video I did on yeah. YouTube a few weeks ago? Yeah. Well, it's like we just had an election where nobody knows whether or not it was legit. If you don't, if you think it was legit, then the reason you think it was legitimate is retarded. And if you think it wasn't legit, then the reason you think it wasn't legitimate is probably retarded, right? Right. And so, and so, so we have the situation where like nobody knows what happened, but definitely like a record amount of corruption is occurring, right? Everybody would agree since like 2016, maybe before, especially since Patriot Act, especially since COVID, there's like a record amount of corruption happening. And I went on the DNC website and looked at job openings. And I went on the RNC website and looked at job openings. And the Republicans are hiring seven people. One of them is a building manager and the other one is an intern. And the Democrats are hiring an army of the most sophisticated, advanced job titles I've ever heard from a political party. And I'm like, what the fuck is the Republican Party doing to save this country? Like we have midterms coming up in 2024 or, or, in, or in 2022. We have uh, another presidential election coming up in 2024 and we're hiring an intern and a building manager like they should be hiring like they're like they're a Fortune 500 company that was just hit with a natural disaster. Like like they're not doing anything. And so I just think the Republican Party's fucked. And the only way that any sort of conservative or liberty oriented ideas is going to happen is if some other party comes along, whether it's an existing one or one that has yet to be invented and totally, totally kicks their ass. And I'm hoping that somebody does that because if you, if you guys don't do it in Texas, I'm going to fucking do it in Texas. I'm going to start a party here in Texas and I'm going to take enough votes away from the Republicans that they can't win another presidential election ever again unless they do what I say. Because if you guys put enough money as libertarians, if you guys just focused only in Texas on a libertarian president, you could tell the Republican Party what to do forever because they suck and they, and they earned it. Yeah. Well, we, we, you know, we, we started doing something like that uh, recently with the libertarian party. The, uh, we call it the frontier project. And we, we actually started doing it in, uh, in Wyoming and, um, like that name. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, that's where we actually have two state legislators elected now as libertarians. First time since the seventies that we've had state, uh, uh, legislators elected. Um, and they're in, uh, they're in Wyoming now. So, so, you know, now, any kind of voting block in Wyoming has to come to the Libertarians, and they have to say, "Hey, we would like you to help us out with this." And we've already, you know, the uh, the first one that got elected already has put forward like five pieces of legislation, like two or three of them have got passed. Gun legislation, it really makes a huge difference 
uh, if you even if you just get one state legislator elected somewhere, you know what I mean? Like it all it can already make a big difference because the Republicans and the Democrats on both sides understand now they have to work with the libertarians or the libertarians are going to keep taking their seats. Right. And so it, it's a good idea. to. T- and that was something that, you know, Nick Sarwark, who used to be the party, uh, the party chairman sucks. Love that guy. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Oh, my camera froze. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Anybody, anybody who takes a picture of themselves in front of any sort of like a Greco-Roman column is automatically a douchebag. Like oh, if yeah, you have yeah. a profile picture and you're in front of a Doric, Ionic, or Corinthian column, you are the problem. He's, he's such a... <laughs> so you just have to totally, totally dismiss anybody in front of the col- yeah, column. That I, took, guy is... I, ran for, I ran for student congress my, my, my sophomore year in college, and I think I had pictures in front of a column, and I guarantee it. That's why I lost, and I should have lost because I was a douchebag at that time. I've been having camera know. issues lately, and I'm not sure why. Um, no, that's okay. I've got similar issues when, when I use the EOS um, uh, utility on my camera. It's, it n- it's new, though. I never, I never had this problem before. Um, it's it's like a new thing, man. So mm, um, interesting. Yeah. Did I you do a podcast earlier today? Sometimes if mine overheats, nope. it uh, starts happening more often. Nope, sure haven't. Uh, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, man. I, mean, I think my battery. I think my fault. I have like a dummy battery so that it can just keep running, yeah. running, running. And I think that the, right, the, right, the right. dummy battery is going bad. Is probably what it is. I probably got to get a new one. Mm-hmm. But uh, so anyway, mm-hmm. so Nick Sarwark. Um, what were we talking about? Jesus, I just brain. We were just talking shit about how he was running the party. Oh yeah. Well, there was a reason why I brought up Nick Sarwark because I fucking hate that guy. I don't even like to bring him up, but uh, there was a, there was a reason uh, why. Oh, uh, Nick Sarwark. He he kept saying how we had to play this asymmetrical warfare game. We needed to attack them all over the country all the time and. You know, we just needed to run. We needed. We had a goal of like two thousand candidates for one cycle, and we had to run them everywhere. And it was like, okay, that's that's cool. Let's ca- let candidates run. But as a national board, we should be focusing, you know, coalescing around in one state, or or at least b- targeting the races that we think we can win. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, if, if you're a smaller force, you can't divide your forces. Like that's like some art of war shit, right? Right. You have to put all your forces in packed at center, right? If you're smaller, so I don't know. Right. Well, it that's just like seems to me like strategically that doesn't make sense. That's like 300, right? I mean, they they were they were a small force, and but they knew strategically how to use that small force, and it wasn't asymmetrical for right. warfare. You know what I mean? It was all right. Everyone grouped together, and we're gonna take them out like this. And but he always wanted to do that shit. He had this big right. hard on for asymmetrical warfare, and it's like it's like, dude, we need to focus on a place and start taking state seats away from legislators not running people who are spoiling spoiling elections only because then more people just hate us right um spoiling election is fine like i'm talking about maybe running for congress here in in iowa because we have one democratic congressperson named cindy axney who lost to the republican by two points by two points okay all all we have four four congress people three of them are republicans and the and the one that's democrat won by two points so if we throw a libertarian in the mix and they're able to cover that spread. Then we have four Republican legislators or four Republican Congress people, right? So, like, it's you know we we have uh, we have a state that just passed constitutional carry. We uh, you know we have Republicans are not trying to push these these vax mandates. They're not trying to push the uh, 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 what what are, what are the other things like the lockdowns and the and the mass mandates. The Republicans are the ones that are not trying to do that. Um, so the further away from the Democrats' ter- tyrannical policies we can get, the better. I don't care if it's one policy. I don't care if it's two policies. I don't care if it's eight policies. Um, but there, you know, then there's also a chance as a libertarian. You know, there's always a chance. 
it's very, very, very small chance uh, that I get elected, and then I get to go, you know, to the to the house and and uh, start talking shit about war and why we need to pull out all these wars, and that'd be cool too, you know. Um, but it is it is the Des Moines area, so it'd be interesting to run a libertarian here for for Congress um, uh, and see if we can cover that spread and and get rid of the Democrats uh, completely from Iowa. That'd be pretty pretty awesome to do. I don't know. Honestly, if you could do anything to get any of these, any of these like $1.2 trillion infrastructure bills not passed, right. that would be amazing. I swear to God, I just wish that we could have, like, this is another thing that I hate about Republicans. It's like, there is no way that on principle, any single Republican should pass any sort of a bullshit bill like that to spend $1.2 trillion. Like all the, like, does, does no one realize that, that the, the number one tax on the poor is inflation? Like the- are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down. Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. The worst tax you could possibly do on the poor or the middle class is inflation. Oh, it's horrible. Like, yeah, they might not be raising your tax rates, but if you're if the dollar isn't worth it, what was the inflation that we had on consumer goods, including food, like this past month? Was it like almost eight percent? Yeah, it's record high. Insane. Like all food. All food is eight percent more expensive, and it's only going to get worse, especially as as gas prices go up. Because when gas prices go up, people think it's just like at the pump. But when gas prices go up, all the prices of all goods go up because the cost of ship is higher. So anytime, the, like when when Biden came in and just wiped out the Keystone Pipeline because you know plants and shit, like. <laughs> everything gets more expensive. And so it immediately punishes the poor who, by the way, aren't even allowed to work right now because all the industries that poor people work in are being locked down nationally, right? Like at different levels. And so they, they punish you for working. Facebook's taking down ads for employment opportunities, by the way, which I've been hearing it's in the, in, in the industry that I am. And it's like, it's like, they don't even want you to work. They don't, they want you to think that everything is just terrible. And I tell you what, man, I don't know what you think, but I, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there is no fucking way that this Delta virus is as bad as the, as they say it is. Like, there is no way. I guarantee there are more people packed at the border right now than there are in any ICU in America. Like, this, I, I just can't believe it at all. Like, they've lied to us so long. It's almost two years that this thing's been released. They, the intelligence community came in and showed that the Wuhan lab blew, blew its gas in September of 2019, which is two years next month, this thing's been spreading for two years. I still don't know anybody who fucking died of COVID. I think it's real. I think it's, you know, more dangerous than the flu. But, like, come on. Like, does my kid need to wear a helmet to, like, go for a walk? Like, yeah, Jesus no Christ, why can't we just, like, man up and, and take the risk? Well, this, this, whole, this, whole, this whole COVID <laughs> time, dude, has been so weird to me. Um, I do know I do know at least two people that died from COVID. Um, one of them I'm was sorry to hear that, man. A, a very overweight very old person who was my mom's friend. Uh, she was like the, one of the owners of the skating rink my mom grew up at. Uh, and one of them was my age, but he was very overweight, very unhealthy, uh, likely a diabetic, definitely had heart issues, was a heavy alcoholic, drank every day a lot. He was all swollen and bl- bloated and stuff. Um, but when we had, so we had my son 
in uh, December 31st, we had my, my, my son was born, New Year's Eve. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, we were at the hospital here in Des Moines. It's the, uh, the, the lower-income hospital. My, my, uh, my fiancé at the time was on Medicaid, um, and so it was just easier for us. Plus, mm-hmm. they, had the, they had this brand-new birthing center. It's beautiful, really, really awesome place to spend a couple days at because you're going to be there for a couple days. Um, and so when we were there, we're, you know, they had this couch pulled out the bed so that I could stay and everything. And we had, you know, rotating nurses. And, like, all the nurses were like, yeah, our ICU is completely empty. Nobody's, nobody's yeah. there's like three people in there and none of them are COVID. This is back in, this is back in December of 2020. It was like at its peak. Yeah. Okay. In, in the, you know, the city in Iowa, like Iowa's very rural. There's a lot of places that are very rural in, in Iowa, but, sure. but Des Moines is not rural at all. You know what I mean? Like it's very, very, it's, it's like Portland or something. And, urban, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and so. You know, the nurses are like, yeah, there's nobody here. We don't know what's going on. They keep saying on the news that everything's, everyone's dying and all these ICUs are full and there's nobody's here. The ER was completely empty. It was just insane to me, right? Um, and so then my, my granddaughter was born March 14th at the same hospital. So three months later. And I went back to Thank you. And I went back there with my daughter. I was, you know, I was the one that was there with her. And same thing. The nurse was like, yeah, it's empty. Nobody's here. Nobody's here. The low-income hospital. Yeah, I thought I thought for sure that at least one of my exes would die. Lo and behold, they are all alive. Like all... it's not a pandemic if all your exes are alive, man. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you got a lot of fat exes or what? <laughs> um. No, I just thought one of them would die. They're, uh, they were pitching it. I got one fat ex. So I'm not yeah, gonna say yeah, her name, but she yeah. knows who she is. They've all Every been time there. She we, in the fucking mirror. We've all been there, buddy. We've all been there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We've all had those those nights. No, so uh, so. Yeah, the whole thing's been crazy to me. And then now now we just had this uh uh Kansas City, Missouri, right? You know, they're saying Missouri's mm-hmm. like uh like yeah. like a hot spot. They're into a case- baptism in Kansas, Missouri, bro. Yeah. Well it's cool. I saw somebody get dunked in a river. Nice, nice. And they they have some of the best barbecue in the world. Tr- trust me. It's true. Yeah, if yeah. you go to LC's barbecue, you will never leave unhappy. But um and so so they're saying that it's, you know, Missouri's just one state south from me. And they're and they're saying that it's, you know, blowing up, everybody's dying, there's mm-hmm. the ICUs are full, all this shit. And and their local news there, uh Casey Star or whatever, put out that the children's hospital in Kansas City was completely jam-packed. They had no more room because of COVID, all this stuff. The children's hospital, right? Because they you know how they're scaring mm-hmm. us with our children now. The Delta variant is really going after our children, all this shit. And uh then the hospital puts out on their Facebook, hey, we just want to let everyone know that we still have plenty of room to service everybody and that actually our uh, our ER is full because of respiratory viruses such as RSV, not COVID, RSV, and that's why we're, we're packed right now. <laughs> yeah, and, my daughter got RSV this year too. Yeah, it, it went around like crazy, and it's, it went around like crazy because we kept all of our fucking children in the house all through the, all through the you know, summer and winter last year. And when they did leave the house, we put all of our kids in masks like idiots, like absolute fucking idiots, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so the whole, all the cold season, all the RSV season, all of it, we just we made all of our kids like act like it wasn't there. Does nobody get it's like the mask thing makes sense for like anything that's transmissible via droplet. Right. You know, but like if it's airborne, like that's just, just flying right through. Oh, like, it's, it's, am I yeah. retarded or something? Like, I don't, what am I missing here? Because I, I could like, if you fart, man, you can smell a fart through a mask. Oh yeah. Like if you could, you know, like it's not going to solve any problems, but like it's for droplets. Like it's for like flu type stuff that gets stuck in droplets. Like, and, it, and I'm sure that you can get sick from a COVID droplet. Don't get me wrong, but you can also get sick through just breathing and sharing air. So it just, it's for some, it's, I don't, 
if it's like some sort of a government flex or something, I don't know. Am I doing like the the, the Trump or the Trump accordion? You know, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense what they're doing here. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, like, it has. Well, I don't know. I, I, well, now we have government this, flex. Now we have this in Florida. These, you know, they went to this this uh, hospital. You know, where they also have a children's ward, and they recorded this like presser where it's like Delta variants killing all. You know, hospitalizing all these children, and it's really important that we get vaxxed, mm-hmm. and we need to push for the children vaccine. Then somehow the news releases a clip of that, but it's like it's like pre-production, and it, the the nurse is like, and and, and every, you know children are getting very sick, and then she looks over, and then she's like, I can't do this, and laughs and walks away, and they put this clip out, yeah, of this doctor, this yeah. supposed yeah, doctor, laughing while she's trying to fake cry. She's laughing and walking away as she's talking about children yeah. being hospitalized yeah. in Florida, and and I'm going. These motherfuckers are trying to use our children to scare us into getting, you know, the V word or, or, or going back into lockdowns or getting masked again. They are trying to use your children. Cause remember all through last year, it didn't affect the children. They're like, Oh, it's not affecting children. You know, children, some children, Only are 349 sick. children have died of COVID according to the cdc.gov website, which is 349 children have died of COVID, which is the beginning. Um, not even about a third yeah. of the flu. Yeah, it's not even, pneumonia. Yeah, yeah, it's not a fraction. And and every year, high school kids die from the flu. Every year, it's very it's yeah, very if you're, common. If you're if you're under eighteen, the flu is much much deadlier than COVID. If you're under eighteen, now if you're over fifty, you know, then I, yeah, there, there's there's some danger there. Like I'm not one of these people that thinks that like it doesn't exist. Right. I'm just one of these people that thinks you know it's much less dangerous than is is um uh uh i don't know is, is the narrative and is then the media covers so i just think that this is how government takes power it takes power with fear and hatred and you know if you like if you allow yourself to be susceptible to fear then you allow yourself to be susceptible to authoritarianism it's really as simple as that and those who are the most cowardly are also the most vicious it seems to me well you're you're so you're a big marketing guy you you own a marketing yeah. company that's what you do for a living mm-hmm. If there was a horrendous pandemic where we knew all these people were dying, would we need mm-hmm. to have a full scale pay the rich people to 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 market to to the to the plebs marketing campaign on uh, treatment for that? Would we need that? No, absolutely not. You would not need to run advertisements in the event of a real pandemic to convince people to get vaccinated. I mean, think about it like this. If, um, uh, I don't know, just think about polio, for example, right? Like all you need is like someone, you know,'s kid to become crippled for you to like, really hope that doesn't happen to your kid. Right. And, you know, polio was a miracle drug. It was a, it was, a, uh, an illness that everyone was aware of. And I'm sure that there were some, you know, marketing campaigns centered around polio and polio treatment and the vaccine, but not anything nearly to the extent and everybody got vaccinated for polio as soon as they possibly could, right? And there, there, there's, there's historical examples of why it's unnecessary to push product. Like, like you might you might have to create a marketing campaign in the in the event that there's like hyper competitive businesses in the same market. So like everybody drinks water. You don't have to run ads to get people to drink water, but you may have to run ads to get people to drink Aquafina instead of Dasani, right? But when you're in a in a, in a situation where there's like one or two vaccines that are available, maybe three if you count J and J, right? Like 
you don't have to run ads. So like no one's running ads saying, Hey, get Pfizer instead of Moderna or get Moderna instead of J and J. Like you don't see the ad, the competitive ads. You're just seeing like this, this like federal corp corporatist bullshit saying like, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. We'll pay you a hundred bucks. We'll give you free donuts. We'll give you free French fries. If you get vaccinated, it's like, look, if, if, if the market actually felt the demand for this product, you wouldn't have to advertise to convince them to use it unless you were trying to out-advertise a competitor, but that's not what they're doing. And so what it goes to show is that people just don't actually give a fuck about this virus. Like, for the most part, people aren't scared of it. You know, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Well, I saw I saw a post the other day on, uh, on Facebook. Was it Facebook or Twitter? I don't know. And, and it was like some girl who... Uh, worked at a bar or restaurant or something, and and she's like, this couple walked right up to me at the bar today and and tried to come in and asked them for their. Co- I think it was in Canada, probably. I asked them for their uh, for their vaccine passport, and they 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 looked me dead in the eyes and said, "What vaccine?" Like, <laughs> like, and she was all <laughs> bewildered by that, right? That this couple said that yeah. she's like, oh, she was all offended, yeah. like, "Oh my god, what a fucking bunch of terrible people! They don't even know what vaccine." And it's like, because yeah, most people don't give a shit, like they don't care anymore. Right. You locked right. us in our houses for a year. You took away our livelihoods. You abused our fucking children. We don't care anymore. We're done giving a shit about yeah, what you yeah. want us to do because you've put a, you've put everyone through hell. You put everyone through hell, and now you're saying we'll give you normal back if you just take this this needle. Now, normal was already our right. You know, normal was our right. I was just pissed off that nobody did any stood up to the government last year. Like, wh- why was no one, you know, up and up in arms? Literally up in arms last year over the COVID bullshit. I mean, I don't know. We, we should have been seeing people marching in the streets big time. Like you're putting putting groups together and saying our kids are going to school. You know, here's a hundred parents. We're going to open our own school. Like we should, and that's the problem. It's like people are like, hey, what's wrong with a barbershop having to have a license from the state in order to operate? Like, what's wrong? Like, you know, because libertarians for decades have argued, like, what does the government have to do with giving permission to own a business or operate a business? And that's exactly what's wrong with the, this whole licensing of private business fiasco that we've seen from state to state. Like. If, if, if in order to operate a restaurant or any sort of business in this country, you have to have a license from the state, then whenever the state wants to do something, they can just threaten to take away your license and then arrest you or fine you if you operate without it, right? So ultimately, what this whole lockdown thing has taught me, or one of the, one of the major walkaways that I have with what we went through with COVID last year, is that we should never have been allowing government to do any sort of licensing of private industry at all. Like, why should you have to have a license in order to cut hair in this country anywhere? It just seems ridiculous to me. And the fact that the government had that power was the reason that they were able to actually, in effect, shut down an entire diverse economy overnight. Right. And we should never have let it happen. Yeah. And I, th- and I think it's, it's rough because I think we're going to end up having to – I think it's going to come to that. Uh, with these vaccines, you know what I mean. I really do. I think there's going to be, we got a couple of, uh, we got a couple of, you know, holdout states like Florida, South Dakota, Iowa has been really good on this stuff. I'm, I'm very happy to live here now. Um, you know, I yeah, Texas I, has been good too. Yeah, Texas. Well, t- Texas got good. Texas was not good. They right. they, they did right. you know Texas and in, in Florida too. Florida shut down briefly and did all that stuff. And then, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't think anybody was against the 15 days. I think the only well, the only place that was yeah. was South Dakota. Christy Nome was the only one that was like, "We're not fucking doing it." 
and they never yeah. did. They never did. She's a bad. She's a badass. Don't get me wrong, but I think even if it wasn't mandated, I think everybody would have played played ball for 15 days. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was staying home for 15 days. You know, I was like, all right, because in the beginning we didn't know how serious it really was. Right. And it was like, you know, months went by, and it was like, whoa, like my parents got it, and like I was sure that if they got it, they would die, and like they didn't. So, you know, it was just weird. Yeah. How uh, all the people that I was so worried about getting it wound up getting it and being fine so yeah I, everybody we I know that know. got it was fine we, yeah, we know big, yeah and, I, and i'm yeah. sensitive about your friends man so i'm not trying to be like insensitive well, i well, realize like i said, this is like I said thing, the, but if you're yeah. fat and drinking too much like you're gonna fucking die from something pretty soon yeah I, you know, I, you know well, like, like, like yeah. so so like the the the, the woman that we know that died she was definitely in her six late 60s maybe early 70s yeah. maybe maybe older like my grandmother's age but she was not healthy she was a big woman and um the guy that i know my age that died from it was probably on his way out the door already i mean right. it probably you know wasn't gonna make wasn't gonna see 40 and I'm, I'm about a year and two months away from 40 and so he wasn't mm-hmm. gonna he wasn't gonna make 40 i don't think and uh so it sucks but um you know People die from shit. It happens every year. We lose way more people to cancer, way more people to heart disease, way more people to diabetes every year. And it's it's an unfortunate part of like, look, at the end of the day, we're all going to die. All of us are going to die no matter what. And yeah. you don't know when you're going to die. You don't know how you're going to die. Uh, it could happen. You can walk out your front door and drop dead. It's really that simple. And now we have, we've basically criminalized not just dying, but getting sick. We have created this entire society of of paranoid, basically schizophrenic people who think if you get this sickness, you're going to die. They are delusional that you are going to die if you get this sickness, period. So we have criminalized getting sick. We have we have made it now where if you sneeze in the grocery store, everyone's going to look at you like you're a demon. You know what I mean? And And the government did that. The government... And the mainstream media, the corporate news media, uh, did that shit. They 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 took a, a society full of cowards and made them scared. You know what I mean? That's basically what they mm-hmm. did. That's where we're mm-hmm. at right now. And it's going to take decades for people's mental health to to relevel out. Decades. Well, I tell you, man, what all they need to do, and I'm not uh, I'm not versed enough in data analytics to do this. But all we need to do is take a look at every single person who died of COVID and look at all of the comorbidities they had, all their demographic information, age, race, sex, comorbidities, right? And we could figure out, had they not had COVID, statistically how much longer they had to live. That's the number that I want to see. I want to see the average person who died of COVID had 17 months left to live or 24 months. I mean life insurance companies do it all the time where they can calculate what you know what the risk is to sign you up for a policy all the software's there all the data is there if somebody just took all the cdc data of covid deaths and comorbidities we could figure out the number statistically of how much time the average covid death had to live and i think it would be devastatingly short oh, num- a I'm devastatingly sh- short number i'm sure of it i'm, I'm absolutely sure of it i think you know, uh, from what I understand and what I've been told and, you know, from my friends who work in hospitals and, I, you know, I a lot of people don't know this. I worked in skilled nursing for a decade, um, mostly as maintenance and, and uh, environmental services. That's what I did. I, I was a, a facilities maintenance director um, in these places. So I dealt mm-hmm. with people who were on hospice every single day. And it was like every morning you came in and like, oh, we lost Miss blah, blah, blah. We lost Mr. Blah, 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 blah. It happens 
all the time. Anybody every ever day. die and you're just like, thank God. No, I, no, I'm not ever gonna admit to that. Um, no, no, it was it was always it was always very sad when we lost somebody. It was mostly course, you know, and, and typically half the wing was like a memory care unit. And so it was mm. like dementia patients, and it was always sad because you were so watching like Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, that's you know, I tried to tell people, I'm like, yo, I worked around dementia patients for a decade. That motherfucker has dementia. I'm telling you, 100. percent That for man real. has dementia. You, you feel that way for real? 100. percent And and you know what? You know what did it for me? Like, okay, his mental faculties are obviously declining. It's the fucking ice cream, dude. Every night you feed dementia patients ice cream because they, they have this thing what's called sundowning, right? And when it starts kind of right. when it starts getting time to to start getting winded down and getting ready for bed, they start amping up and they want to amp up all night long. So you give them ice cream before that happens and they'd forget, and then the sun would go down. And this motherfucker is getting photographed eating ice cream at sundown everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> right? And I'm like, dude, they're literally his handlers are literally giving this guy ice cream because he's dementia and they know it. They he's know sundowning. it. Yeah. Ah! Dude, crazy, bro. Oh, crazy is, shit. Dude, that's brilliant. Yeah. Dude, you got to clip up that 30 seconds of you explaining that. Dude, dude. I'm telling you, you bro. You got to clip that up short. That would go viral, man. I'm like, telling you, yeah. that's what's happening, dude. They're, this guy's sundowning, <laughs> and they're giving him ice cream before bedtime so they can, they can get him to forget about the fact that he wants to stay up all night. I, I, I just, I, you know. Anyway, so these people die, man. Uh, and, and you know, it's like 70% of the population dies in skilled nursing facilities. That's that's We die there. That's where we go to die. Yeah. And that's where yeah. a lot of these people with COVID are dying, and it's mm-hmm. like I have to explain to people what hospice is because they don't understand what palliative care is or end-of-life care. They don't understand what right. this is. They no longer give you any kind of interventions whatsoever. It's right. all comfort. They give you painkillers, right. whatever. It's morphine, no yeah. food, no water. Yeah, it's, it's your way out. There is no more... Uh, there's no more interventions to try and save your life. You are dying. That's what hospice is. And a large... I would be willing to bet... Uh, the vast majority of people who died from COVID were on hospice or within days of going on to hospice. That's interesting. I would like even just the hospice numbers would be enough. And and I mean, if you look to, to know, New York, to where where and 50- I think it was hundreds of thousands. Don't get me wrong. I think hundreds of thousands of people died of COVID, but I don't think it was six hundred thousand. You know, maybe it was two hundred thousand. Too high, too what low. If it's four just times right, I don't know. It's two hundred thousand. Well, here's you know? the thing. So here's the thing. Yeah. So <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> 15, we know 15,000 people died in nursing homes in, in just New York alone during COVID. 15,000? 15, yeah. That's how many died in, in nursing homes just in, just in New York. Okay, that's – and we know that, right. you know, we know their governor there sent COVID-plush patients into the nursing homes, and they died. And, and they spread right. it around the nursing home facilities all throughout New York, and they died. 15,000 mm-hmm. people. Okay. I bet it was more than that, bro. I'm sure it was a lot more than that. And I'm also sure that most of those people had days to weeks to live. I'm sure of it. Sure. And that's not... So Cuomo's not so much a murderer as he is just, you know... He sped up the process for sure. I'm sure sure there was people who had more time than that that died there too. I'm sure of that. You know what I mean? I'm sure of that. I'm sure there was plenty of people that had more time to live that died from COVID. Basically... Basically, Cuomo shouldn't have resigned, and you totally endorse him. Got no, it. No, 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 no. He look. <laughs> just with uh, uh, a guy said on my show the other day. He said, "Yeah, Cuomo walked in and was like, i 'I'm here to do two things: smacking fannies and killing grannies.' And I just ran out of grannies. <laughs> I just ran out of grannies. Uh, no, he should have definitely been physically removed a long time ago. Fuck that guy. Uh, I, but you know, who's going to come on next? Right. Who knows? It's it's not going to get any better. Uh, I like Prussman, who's running. She's a, she's a she's a liberty based person. I, I'd like to see her get it but 
I don't know, man. Who's going? Hillary Clinton. They're talking about running for for governor of New York. Could you fucking imagine the carnage that that will be brought on this country if on that state if Hillary Clinton becomes the governor of fucking New York? My God, like it wasn't bad enough to live there already. If Hillary if, if Hillary Clinton becomes the governor of New York, I will not take on any more New York clients. Yeah, I'll be done with New York. I don't work with any. I, 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 I maintain my clients in California, but I do not accept any new business from California. Smart. As long as Gavin Newsom is governor. Well, he's almost gone. I've had clients call me and I'm like, oh, where are you from? And they're like, San Diego. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. We don't take any more California clients. And they're like, why? I'm like, because I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love California. <laughs> me too. I'm born and raised. Are you a California? Did you leave California? What's that? You left California last year? Yeah, last year I was in Orange County. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I moved from Orange County, Laguna de Gale, to uh, Austin, Texas last August. Oh, so basically, a year so ago. basically like the, the California city inside Texas. Good job, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, man. Better, better a blue city than a, in a red state than a red city in a blue state. True, true. Because every time Austin does something stupid, the state comes down and just says, no, nope, not here. Yeah, but you could have moved to like Waco or Houston or something, dude. You know what I mean? I know, I know, but my, you know, I got a wife to consider too, and she wanted to live in a hip city, so fair, that's fair. what we did. Austin is, is but the cool thing about living here is that, like, when someone tries to break into your house, which happens sometimes because they defunded the police, <laughs> you can just like, I, I ran outside one time. Somebody was like spying through our window at midnight. We live in like a brand new neighborhood, nice area, and I was like, it's maybe Austin, boy, but it's still Texas. <laughs> yeah, I'm from, I'm born and raised in California too, man. So I get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm born and raised in California yeah. too, man. Yeah. Uh, but I'm Where from the, California. From I'm from the East Bay area. Outside of LA, right? No, outside of Oakland. Okay. Yeah, I'm from the I'm from okay. the East Bay, man. So and, and you know that's the place where uh, even if they outlaw guns, there there'll still be more guns in the Bay Area than just about any state in the country. So except for like Texas and Florida and some some other bigger ones, but yeah. uh, there's a lot yeah, of guns in the Bay Texas Area. Texas is going to be its own country again one day, man. Texas is going to become its own country one day. Yeah, as it should. It's inevitable. As it should. Uh, shout sure. out to Bubblegum Gun, $2 Super Chat. He said, people don't want to work for the, this neo-lib oligarchy. I agree. I agree. Well, and, and, fact. and they're being incentivized to not work now. I mean, with the, the way they did. When I, when I moved to Iowa, I was on un- unemployment for like a month and a half. And it was like, as much as I, I was more than I was making for my job, dude. It was insane. Insane. I was like, holy shit, I don't even got to work, man. I ain't got to work. Uh, Ryan Bedford, thanks for That's a huge shout out for that $20 Super Chat, man. TJ Fitzsimmons, Burt, plus one. Josh here to show my newfound support for the Super Chats. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys. Hey, if you're in the chat right now and you haven't subscribed to the channel, hit that subscribe button, man. Help help a brother out. You know what I mean? And uh, and then go check out uh, Chase's show, too. Chase, you have a YouTube, right? Yes, sir. One American podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's a good podcast. You've had some great guests on there. Inclu- you know, I was on there, but I, I'm not one of the great guests. You did have. You are one of the great guests. Oh, man, I appreciate it. You did have Coleman on there. That was cool. Um, Absolutely. And I had him on. He was actually what's that? Who, which one? Coleman. The, oh yeah, Ron Coleman. Was yeah, great. Ron, Ron Coleman. He uh he he was the uh the only person to ever drop the gamer word on my show. Actually, what's the gamer word? The, 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 he dropped an in bomb on my show, dude. No shit. Yeah, he's the only one that's ever done it. What what was the context? It was uh he was talking about patent laws 
and uh, and he was talking about the uh, he was talking about the, the slants case that he represented. And, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. he's like, he's like, yeah, and the, you know, the government, the, the government basically won't let you do any of these derogatory. They won't let you copyright any of these derogatory terms. Uh, but it really all comes down to the fact that they don't want anybody trying to come in and get a trademark uh, law, uh, trademark passed on the beep. And he said it, and he just dropped it, and I was like. Oh, so what do you do? Do you have to pull it down? Like, no, right it's still away? up and monetized, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, shit. I, you know, the next morning I was all, I was all nervous. I was like, fuck, I better go back and bleep that out or something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my, I'm yeah. gonna lose my like, channel. I was like, I better go bleep that out or something. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I just never did anything. It's still monetized and. Uh, I have two episodes with with Ryan Dawson, who's extremely edgy, and they're both yeah. Still, Dawson, I had on yeah, Dawson was great. yeah. They're both still monetized. Uh, he's kicked off every platform in the world, basically. And uh, yeah, he can't my, even have a bank account in America. Bank account. Uh, they shut down his Coinbase. His Coinbase, dude. His where he trades Bitcoin. They shut it down. So, uh, but uh, I get it. He's hella edgy. You know, he's I I, I think his uh, a lot of his stuff is good. There's some things that have crossed the line for me for sure. Um, so, sure. but, um, for the most part, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Is there, oh, Aaron Macias, we got a couple more East Bay guys in the chat. I know Jason Booth from my, my hometown of Antioch, California, the yuck, the, the, the town of Woody. I don't know. If, I, I'm repping my rap from my city right now. Everybody's like, what Woody? Who the fuck is Woody? Anyways, what do you got coming up next, man? What do you got going on? Man, I got some great guests. I have to look at my calendar to, to say for sure who, who's when, but next week we have some great guests coming on. Um, this past week we've had some great guests. I try to do. I put out like three or four episodes a week, man. I'm pretty trying to catch pretty, up to me. I I don't know, man. I'm just I try to be as prolific as I can, just be just because it's just more fun and exciting to do that. And I'm I'm really trying to be intentional about growing my following and sure. everything. Uh, my goal is to get up to 100,000 followers on Twitter, and then just kind of see what that looks like on on YouTube. Um, but once I hit 100,000 on uh, on Twitter, I'm going to put out my uh, book that I've been working on called One American. And oh, then nice. if that if that's successful, then I'm going to take some serious consideration in starting a uh, a political party in Texas. Nice, nice. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm having a lot of fun meeting and learning from people like you and everybody else, and it's really been a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you should uh, you should you should reach out to um uh God, why is my my head's blanking right now, man? It's been a rough day. Um, uh, Mark, no problem. Just DM me. Mark, Pelle- DM me when Mark Pellegrino. Mark. Yeah, he's one of the founders of okay. the uh, Capitalist Party, which is a newer party, and he very, very uh, uh, influenced by Ayn Rand. Very influenced by Ayn Rand. So um, okay. I know that he's you know looking. I'll look into that. I'll reach know, out to him. Yeah, if you're thinking about starting a party, maybe you just hooking that one up. That'd be really cool. But uh, um, where can people fo- find you? Follow you? Subscribe to you? Enjoy you? Listen to you? Yeah. Yeah. Twitter at Real Chase Geyser and everywhere else, uh, One American Podcast or just search my name, Chase Geyser. The podcast is on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Google Play, it's on YouTube. YouTube is my favorite place for you to subscribe because I get the most money off monetization from YouTube. Yep. But uh, anywhere is fine. As long as you're listening, I'm happy to have you anywhere. Uh, obviously, if you follow me on Twitter, you're going you're gonna to see me uh, anytime I post a new uh, a live stream or anything like that. Um, so I'm happy to be a part of that. Sure. or have you as a part of that yeah of course man and i i'm been happy to work with you and i, I really appreciate you having me on my show it's a great show man one of my favorite one of my yeah. more favorite thanks for having me on yours man yeah of course dude hey can you uh just give us like two minutes i'll close out this stream and then we'll hop into the members only uh stream for a couple minutes sounds great i'm happy to hang awesome sounds great brother thank you so much mm-hmm. all right guys 
Another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Chase is so cool, man. Go follow him. He's got a great show, man. He gets like really, really great people on his show too. Uh, you know, and and he, I think he's been one of the lucky ones like me who's been able to get some really awesome people uh, out of the gate. So go check out One American Podcast and Chase Geyser on on on, uh, on Twitter. He's a really good follow and uh, and a good dude. Check out our sponsors, TopLobster.com, of course, my friend, my partner, the 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 greatest man I know. Uh, check him out for all your great graphic design needs like this. The Tree of Wa- Liberty Must Be Watered shirt I'm wearing today. You can get a 10% discount by uh, using BTC at checkout. Or join the Patreon, subscribe star, or the uh, become a channel member here on YouTube. You can do uh, find the, the Patreon or the, the subscribe star by just going backslash break the cycle JS, JS on either one of those. Or join the uh, YouTube channel right underneath any of my videos. There's a join link there. It's like six bucks a month, but you also, if you join the, the uh, YouTube, you get custom emojis for the live chat so if you're hanging out in live chats it's a good idea uh you also depending on what level you pick there i'm gonna start doing some uh uh, member only streams where it's just me and you hanging out uh talking to each other um which is gonna be a lot of fun i i I enjoy that setting uh i'm gonna start doing that with my patrons and and subscribe stars too so you have that opportunity over there you get some swag uh but all three of those things will get you into the discord server where you can get new top lobster designs two weeks before they go out to the general public at like a 30 percent discount it's really really cool check it out and of course executive producer of the show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check them out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently guys coming up on the show uh next week we're taking the weekends off i'm very very excited but coming up next week starting the week off with jack hunter this guy's awesome man if you know him he's old school ron paul conservative I'm very excited to have him on. He likes wrestling, so we're going to talk some wrestling, talk some politics, talk some conservatism. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then Tuesday, Patriot J is going to be on the show, man. It's going to be it's going to be so awesome. I'm very very excited to have Patriot Patriot J on the show. He won a Grifty Award from uh, from Hotep. Uh, I don't know if that was last year or the year before. Really really fun. It's going to be fun. And of course on Wednesday, Eric Jackman is going to be on the show. If you want to hear a man who does the best Trump impersonation you may have ever heard, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thursday, my friend uh, Shane Hazel will return to the show. He's been having a rough time on Twitter lately, so we're going to figure out what the hell is going on and try and uh, dive into some of that stuff. And then Friday, we're going to have Jared from Hoppian.org uh, on. Um, that's going to be a lot, of fun, a lot of fun as well. I do not have the graphic for that one. I will soon. Guys, support the show. Do whatever you can. Hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to the show, come over to YouTube. Subscribe. That way, at least you can check out some live streams here and there. Uh, if you're watching the show, go on to your favorite podcast uh, uh, app out there and subscribe to the, the audio show. Uh, more people listen to the show on audio than they do watch it, but I'd love to have more people in the live chat uh, talking to the guests and hanging out with me. I would appreciate that. Uh, I will see you guys on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Until then, don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song they seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame but i just spent it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just spent it in minecraft what trooper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft 